Bruce Snyder came into the home, literally. We were all sitting down. My parents used to love to have dinner for the coaches. And so Bruce comes into the house with Mariucci. My mom cooks this big pasta meal. We all sit and eat, and Mooch loved it because he's Italian, right? He's soaking up everything <laughs> on the plate with his bread. And we all go downstairs in the den afterwards, and uh, the TV's on. And Bruce says, excuse me, I want to show you something. And he grabs a VHS tape, and he pulls it out of his pocket, and he throws it in the VCR, and he hits play. And it's the last play of our game versus Valencia High School. And we hadn't beaten Valencia High School in like 20 years. And we, I ran the wing tee, horrible offense for quarterbacks, but I ran the wing tee, and we ran belly pass. And, and I came out on the belly pass, everybody's covered, and I have their best player hanging off me, and all of a sudden my tight end just gets a little bit of a crease. And as I'm going down, I throw a ball. He catches it one hand, two-point play. Uh, we win the game, right, first time in 20 years. So he runs this play, and then he turns it off, and he goes, that's the quarterback that we're recruiting. And I went, yeah. I'm in, locked, it's done, you know, super intense. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a bear, that's all there is to it. Welcome to 90% Mental and the In and Out of the Pocket podcast series with all pro quarterback Jake the Snake Plumber and mental performance coach Grant Parr where the mental game is discussed and discovered by the best quarterbacks and offensive-minded professionals in the business. From overcoming adversity, celebrating mental wins, to actionable mental skill strategies and more, you'll learn how to mentally navigate in and out of the pocket. Today in the pocket, Jake and Grant sit down with Mike Pulowski, former world champion quarterback, to discuss what it takes to be mentally tough, manage pressure, and overcome superstitions. The key to Mike's preparation for success was visualization, which he calls sport meditation for quarterbacks. Plus, Mike and Jake share some great stories about head coach Bruce Snyder, who they both played for at the collegiate level. Check out what Mike is doing for young athletes at EliteAthletesTV.com. Ready List Sports is the future of sports playbooks with its digitized integration of multiple learning styles that helps coaches teach better and players learn more efficiently. Engineered by former professional quarterbacks, ReadyList Sports' revolutionary play drawing tool will save coaches countless hours creating plays. ReadyList Sports also provides the players accessibility to study their playbooks using the ReadyList Sports app for iOS and Android. It's like having the playbook in your pocket. The best part of ReadyList are the auto-generated tests the players take after studying that help ensure retention of your plays. Now let's all huddle up and go visit ReadyListSports.com. Welcome back to the In and Out of the Pocket podcast series with Jake the Snake Plumber and myself, Grant Parr. And uh, we are excited, not only for our guest today, but we're, gonna, we're excited to, to bring incredible interviews about the, the mental game, but from a quarterback perspective. So uh, before we get into our guest, I'll, I'll bring on my my. My co-host here, my partner in crime, Jake. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Grant. Just uh, enjoying what we're doing, man. It's fun to spark conversation and hear from other athletes and coaches things that uh, they leaned on to get through tough times or things they did to make themselves better. And that's what this show is all about. In 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 the pocket, for sure. You know, doing all the right things, and sometimes out of the pocket where you got to throw all the traditions and all the 
you know, things you've heard and been coached out the window and just let instincts take over. So enjoying it so far. And I'm excited about our guest today. Right on. Well, let's, let's introduce our guest, um, who I've had on my show before, but, uh, former professional quarterback, uh, Mike Pulowski. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, brother. Great to be back. All right. All right. Well, you know, I, when I had you on my show about a year ago or so, man, I was, I was just really impressed with uh, just kind of your outlook on the mental game when it comes to, to being a quarterback. And you've got a breadth of knowledge and you have really incredible stories. But to set the, to set the tone here for the, for the show, how would you, when it comes to mindset, like how would you describe your mindset when you played? Well, uh, there, there's kind of several facets to it. They, there is a uh, relentlessness and an, and an unwillingness to compromise or an unwillingness to lose, right? It's a, a positive mental outlook um, is what it's, it's kind of become in that you set your sights on winning and you do whatever it takes to kind of attain that. Now, there's a bunch of facets within that that you have to attend to, you know, as, as a quarterback, as a leader, you know, as somebody who's who's kind of setting the tone for the team, but that, that refusal to lose is where it all begins. And that if you refuse to lose and you, you say, this is what I'm going to attain and you do all of the tasks that you need to, to attain that goal. So how, how would you, uh, you know, Jake, what about your mindset? I mean, cause, cause, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because you guys played pretty much in the same era and, you know, being the fan of both of you, you guys played similar. You guys were, the, I mean, you guys were willing to sacrifice your body. Back then, there wasn't a lot of quarterbacks who were running the ball. Uh, and you guys obviously could pass, you know, very efficiently. But, you know, what was your mindset or how similar was your mindset to, to, to Mike's? Uh, you know, very similar. I mean, everybody that excels at, at any level can, can say, you know, the same things, just how, to, how your drive and your desires and work and, and what you put in. But I always think back to, what really made me fall in love with the game of football, not only just watching it as a kid, but playing at recess and uh, that mentality at recess that like, Hey, let's get it done before the bell rings. Let's let's make the most out of this time right now, which meant, you know, you're not going to half-ass it really at all. And so my mentality was always go 100%. Uh, I didn't care if it was practice or a walkthrough or the live game. I think the guys around me saw that my effort was always there 100%. And as a smaller, undersized like kid that maybe wasn't supposed to be there, that's really what got me there was the fact that I maximized every moment to do my best to set the tone. And therefore, you know, the level around me would raise where everybody was doing that same thing. And just by them getting better, by doing, doing everything with more effort and more intensity – that in turn made me better. So we all were able to kind of infectiously, you know, make everyone strive for, for being better as, as not only individuals, but really a, a, as a team when you're talking football. So um, that's why I always like to take it back to like recess. And we saw that with Mahomes, And I think we see that with more athletes today. There's, there is that kind of recess type player coming back to the field. And that's why the game is, it's really becoming a lot of fun to watch. And, and the cool part about that, if I might grant is that, you know, for a long time, coaches, because there's so much money in it, have kind of taken the control away from the players. Uh, you know, they want to call the play up to the last second. They want to make every change on the field. They want to make all the calls. And getting it back into the players' hands allows quarterbacks to lead again. Because at, at that position, the no huddle takes that away a little bit because you, you're not looking eye to eye with your guys. 
Um, and, and doing things that takes leadership away from the quarterback really takes back because every quarterback, every professional quarterback, every quarterback that I've ever met that excels is incredibly competitive. And that competitive yes. drive is infectious to the guys around you. And so when you're that competitive and you're competing at everything, and then you add on that notch of refusing to lose, like Jake said, when you add that in and you're, you're playing for the love of the game, that's infectious to your teammates. And, and when they see that you are relentless, that you are not going to give in, they start to take on that mentality. And that's what really moves teams forward. That's really good words there, Mike. And I've, I have to, you know, look at what you're doing currently uh, with, tra- with training athletes and working the, them to, you know, increase all of their intangibles as far as speed, agility, all that stuff. What differentiates what you're doing uh, currently and how do you incorporate what you just kind of talked about, about, you know, yes, 40 times are great and how far can you throw the ball? That's that's great. And what's your vertical? But how do you incorporate allowing a kid to kind of be comfortable in their own skin. What do you do specifically to encourage that and coach that into these young kids that can be, like you said, overcoached to a point where they're uh, over analysis, paralysis by over analysis, right? Yeah, no doubt. Well, there's, there's a couple, couple aspects to it. Part of it is giving kids success early, right? Success breeds that competitive spirit, that competitive spirit, be, uh, breeds that indomitable will. And so giving kids success or teaching them the tangible things, like you said, 40 times, you know, release, passing mechanics, footwork for quarterbacks. Um, you know, Holly McPeak is coaching volleyball for us at EliteAthletesTV.com. You know, she's teaching the game in the sand, which is different than the game on the hard court. We have yeah. Michelle Granger, probably the most dominant athlete of all time in any sport ever, uh, teaching softball. And so much of what we teach is, is mindset because 50% of the game is the physical skills, but the 50% that's mental has to be earned and you have to go out and have success to start, but learn those lessons along the way of, you know, overcoming obstacles, overcoming adversity, improving your skills every day, putting in the work and then bring the mindset together. We we're just starting a YouTube channel for eliteathletestv.com where we talk a lot about the mental part of the game so that both players and parents can get there and, and be on the same page about what it takes to compete. And so between the YouTube channel, we also have a podcast uh, and literally we title it helping pa- uh, athletes and parents thrive in amateur sports. And so we're trying to talk to them about that mental aspect of the game while we're teaching the physical skills at the same time. With all of that, you're teaching these kids not only success, but all, obviously how to fail, but also how to deal with pressure. And, and I want to kind of kind of have you go back to your Cal Berkeley days, because I know that you played in, in a ton of, ton of big games. But when you were playing at Berkeley and you were leading your team to the Citrus Bowl and you guys won that game, can you go back to, like, how did you mentally prepare for that game? And did, did your preparation or your routine, did it change from game to game or was it pretty consistent? Uh, my, so I'll tell you, it's a funny story. I, I was a baseball guy growing up. I was much better at baseball. Um, I was told by the Kansas City Royals I was their number one catcher in California coming out as a senior. And so I, that game came super easy to me, but I got super superstitious as a result, right? It's, as an athlete, it's all about control. How can I control my environment? And so I got really superstitious. And in my junior year, I was freaking out all the time because I wanted everything to be exactly the same for every game. And 
so going into my senior year, I played a Jedi mind trick on myself. And I decided my new superstition was going to be that at least one thing had to be different every game. Didn't care what it was, just one thing had to be different. And then as I changed something for every game, I overcame all those superstitions. And so I didn't have like some ritual that I went through. I trained myself out of that by, you know, tricking myself with a new superstition. But I wanted to be physically and mentally ready. Mentally was the huge piece of it, right? I wanted to be prepared knowing that I had done all of my homework, knowing that I had done everything I could mentally to be ready for the game. And a huge part of that for me was visualization. Uh, I'm a huge fan of that old study that they did where they had, you know, a hundred kids go out and shoot baskets, you know, free throws. And they had another group, you know, who did nothing for a week. And then they had a third group who visualized for a week. And that group that visualized improved every bit as much as the group that actually shot free throws. And I, I learned about that early on. And so I used that as part of my training and that visualization is really kind of like a sports meditation for a quarterback. And it helped me prepare for games. So that was a big piece of my preparation for games. You know, what's crazy when you say that I, I did a lot of visualizing myself. Um, the funniest thing though, you can tell me this, when you visualize, were you able to just sit down in a chair and look ahead? Cause when I visualize, I'd have to turn my head to look over my left shoulder. Like I was taking a drop. If I didn't turn my head to the left, it didn't feel like I was really, I couldn't picture what I was supposed to be seeing without tur turning my head to the left like I was dropping back. Was that the same for you? <laughs> yeah. No, well, so I could, I could do it, but there were times when I could, like, you get clogged, right? You can't yeah. quite get there. And when I would get like that, I would actually get on an exercise bike. And so I would, okay. I would do something physical while I would visualize, and that would clean it up for me. And so and that, when, I, you know, when I went pro, I became, that became my ritual then to help get you know, rid of those early angsty nerves and to get my visualization in on game day, I would literally get on a bike for about an hour before the game, and I would visualize prior to the game. So I got, I got a quick question, and sorry, Grant, for interrupting, but I got – who recruited you to Cal? Did Bruce Snyder recruit you to Cal? Yeah, so I was – yeah, that, and here's the funny thing. Everybody at home, Jake and I played for the same head coach. Yeah, Absolute man. Phenomenal. Phenomenal, Unbelievable. Man. Unbelievable, um, man. Yeah. One of the greatest leaders ever with – the most lackluster motivational speeches I've ever heard. But as a leader, as a guy and consistency, there's no better period. Um, but Mariucci was actually my recruiter. So he Mariucci, came down okay. to Orange County. Yeah. And he recruited me. And then Bruce came to the home and Bruce, Bruce Snyder came into the home. Literally. We were all sitting down. My parents used to love to have dinner for the coaches. And so Bruce comes into the house with Mariucci my mom cooks this big pasta meal. We all sit and eat and Mooch loved it because he's Italian, right? He's soaking up everything <laughs> on a plate with his bread. And we all go downstairs in the den afterwards and uh, the TV's on. And Bruce says, excuse me, I want to show you something. And he grabs a VHS tape and he pulls it out of his pocket and he throws it in the VCR and he hits play. And it's the last play of our game versus Valencia High School. And we hadn't beaten Valencia High School in like 20 years. And we, I ran the wing tee, horrible offense for quarterbacks, but I ran the wing tee and we ran belly pass. And, and I came out on the belly pass, everybody's covered and I have their best player hanging off me. And all of a sudden my tight end just gets a little bit of a crease. And as I'm going down, I throw a ball, he catches it one hand, two point play. 
uh, we win the game, right? First time in 20 years. So he runs this play and then he turns it off and he goes, that's the quarterback that we're recruiting. And I went, yeah. I'm in, locked, it's done, you know, super intense. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a bear. That's all there is to it. Uh, that's awesome. You know, I, I, we, we, we can share a lot of stories, I'm sure. I mean, Bruce was a great coach. I'm sure you've heard, you know, one at a time and only one, oh, one yeah. play matters. That that's deal. that's yep. it, right? Well, when he recruited me, he pulled out, pulled out a board that had pros and cons, you know, of, of ASU over Washington State, you know, and he started go, laying it out for me, you know. But he had his methods. He was, a, like you said, a phenomenal leader, a phenomenal person. And, and, and again, a coach in the same light as uh, some other guests we've had that, Life was always really important, like his wife and his kids and his his ex- yep. expansion of his knowledge and travels and everything was as equally as important as football. And we saw that as kids, as young, impressionable kids. And I'll never forget yep. him recruiting me and saying that we feel that you're the piece of the puzzle that could help turn ASU into a national championship caliber team. And for an 18-year-old kid out of Boise, Idaho, like I wasn't playing against right? Valencia <laughs> – I was playing against Centennial or Bora or some little small schools. That was such a huge confidence boost from a coach like that. Do you guys, do you guys experience with what you're doing in the training realm? Uh, and and if, if so, how do you instill that kind of confidence in these kids when all they're really doing is, is training and they're learning, but like confidence can come from the action and being successful or failing, but it also could come from someone like Bruce Snyder. Do you guys provide that, or how do how we, how do you help kids gain that confidence they need? We we will be working on that. We're, so again, we just launched in October, and we're building the whole program out. But we but you know we have a collective of champions and coaches and gold medalists and world champions and the whole nine yards, and, and we will be holding uh, live stuff with kids uh, that they can talk to us, ask questions. We can talk about training. We can talk about mental you know the mindset on everything. Uh, that's a huge part of it. As you know, as an athlete, there's a certain point at which your development, right? You, there's huge gains in the beginning. When you start to get proper technique, you start to get proper form, you start to learn kind of the insider secrets. There's a huge, you know, massive development and, and growth. And then you hit a point where your growth and your improvement is, is incremental, right? You're looking to get that inch better every day. But getting that inch better, seeing that improvement breeds the confidence. And that's, that's a huge part for us to remind kids about getting that one step better, that little piece better every single day to, to acknowledge that and to keep moving forward as athletes and as human beings, really. We always want those big jumps. Oh, I, it, I've got to have this. And if it's not this, then I'm disappointed. Well, we talk about getting getting the benefit and getting the satisfaction out of that incremental uh, improvement, whether it be, you know, I'm throwing the backside timing drop and accuracy has been bad for a month. And all of a sudden now I'm hitting my spots. Hey, that's, that's an incremental step, but it's a huge step because that allows you to take the next huge step. And so developing that kind of, you know, small successes and acknowledgement of small successes builds the confidence in kids uh, to continue to, to build and grow upon that. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just going to say, I was going to go back to the whole topic or conversation of success. And I think a lot of athletes, and I see this all the time, the athletes that I work with, is they're, they're so caught up in their understanding meaning of success is, is winning. That's it, just winning or, or being first string. And they don't allow themselves to see those little successes. 
And you could just have one bad thing, like one bad practice, and then you just deem that as a shitty practice. Well, it really wasn't. There's so many other little things that were successful. And I love it that you're bringing that up and you're bringing that to the forefront within your training because I think that's that's what we're missing a little bit. I think because we're so instant in our society now with social media, people just want it and they forget about all the little successes around it. Well, Jake brought it up and, and Bruce brought one at a time. He started that my senior year at Cal. Uh, uh, yeah. and so that was the first time we heard that. And, and that's when I really got good i really understood like bruce and i and you were probably the same way jay but bruce and i were really on the same page like together um, yeah. and i understood what he was trying to teach when he was trying to teach it and so i really threw myself into that one at a time concept and it completely changed the way that i approach sports in that i am not looking to have a great practice today yes that's in, you know that's the long-term goal that's what i want but i am looking to have the best rep that I can possibly perform right now. I want this rep to be as good a rep as I've ever performed. I'm going to focus on my job, my assignment, my understanding, my execution on this individual rep. And then as soon as that rep is over, I'm not going to worry about that rep. I'm going on to the next rep and I want to make that next rep, you know, the one that I'm doing right now, again, the absolute best rep that it can possibly be because that's all I can control. I can't control what just happened. I can't control what's going to happen next. I can control this moment, period. The decisions I make, the footwork I use, the pass, the throw I make, if I put air on it, I can control that. And I can't control anything else. So if I can focus on making that individual rep, the absolute perfect rep, the best rep ever, then I will get incrementally better with that rep. And that will give me satisfaction. Now at the end of practice, you've strung a hundred of those together. And if you can do that, a hundred times in a row, you're going to have a phenomenal practice, but you don't get there by saying, I'm going to have a great practice today. Yeah, yeah. that's a given, but I'm going to have this rep. I'm going to focus on right now. And if I can do that, I can become a pretty phenomenal athlete. You know, what's funny is like Bruce and everything. I mean, as, as you, as you're a, pl- as you're a player with the coach and you know, you have that player coach relationship and we go back to the dorms and study and chase girls and have fun. And he goes to his home yeah. <laughs> He was really a when I came to find out a, a very he was a Renaissance man who believed in and read um, voraciously and, and absorbed knowledge and traveled the world. That one at a time, if you want to break it down, is is so Zen that it's insane. Like it's just a way for him to to speak Zen and the Buddhist thinkings in a way that would not get him in trouble one at a time. Because the to be truly Zen is to be in the now so ingrained in the now right. that there's no worry about the past. There's no worry about the future. And I'll tell you what, he, he helped me out tremendously so much so that I had players that I play with in the league that, that would joke around and say, man, you got something wrong with your memory. They'd say, what do you mean? <laughs> you know, you just threw two picks in a row and then you get the ball back and drive us down to win the game. Like you, you don't even know, you don't even remember. I said, well, what, what good does the past do? Bruce ingrained right. that in us. And you're, you speaking that's taking me back to running 110s. We'd always ask, so how many we got, coach? He'd say, you got one. Like, God, you got one. You got one. Yep. All right. One, one, ten. All right. Awesome. <laughs> and then we'd run that. So how many we got now? Got one more. Like, oh, man. And yep. then we'd be done with 15. And before long, you know, you put in 15 good reps. So, so thanks for bringing that up, man, because Bruce was special. Um, you were obviously influenced by him. And uh, I just had to say that, you know, like, 
he was really way ahead of the of the game as far as being a coach in the Zen type of mentality. Yeah, he he it, and Bruce was the the perfect example of somebody who used their skills to the utmost. Yeah. He was so smart and he was such a great planner and organizer of people, events and thoughts. And so he wasn't a huge motivational speaker like I said, you know, his yeah. his, his <laughs> kind of rah-rah speeches were like, "Eh, I was all right." But he put you in such a great position because he organized your thought process and your mentality and, and made everything else around it flow with, with organizing, you know, what the team did, what you ate, where you were on board, that he got everything going in the, in the right direction. And, and he had the absolute um, intense focus on that end goal of this is where I'm going to get to and the belief that he was going to get there. And that carried through. And, and, and I, I, w- I felt fortunate to be a part of that because I, I could see his vision, like I said, from the time, like you said, when he recruited you. When he recruited me, I could see his vision. And I, it, you know, early on my freshman year, it was a little rough getting on board. But once I got on board, then I was able to execute within that space really well. Yeah, the thought was put out there. And, and when you put those kind of thoughts out there and believe it, then that's when it happens. And we almost won a national title. And, 96 and I know uh, I was listening to that game on the radio on the way back from a duck hunt I'm like come on get it (laughs) Uh, that's classic uh you know I'll have to say this though because I I actually have a uh a Bruce Snyder story that when I was actually being recruited um going into my senior year playing uh or going to the summer camp that they held there and uh, I remember it was goal line and it was it was my time to shine it was the first time I'm running the offense, and we were, we were doing a stretch play to the right, and I had a running back behind me. His name's James Kidd at Elk Grove High School, ended up going to, uh, to Colorado. My center, he had his butt was literally like an inch off the ground, and he had no crease on his, on his pants. So I, I couldn't, I, A, I couldn't get my hands all the way under there. I couldn't bend down. I didn't even know where to put my hands. So I ended up fumbling the ball, and, and you could probably, both of you probably played for the same uh, offensive line coach, but... Man, I fumbled the ball, and I got up in there again. I fumbled again, and it was the third time I fumbled again, and I lost my chance. Oh, and, the, and the offensive line coach was just screaming at me. And then I'm, like, over to the side sulking, and Bruce Snyder comes up to me, and he just goes, son, one snap at a time. I remember that. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah. but I'm like, man, I missed that. That was my moment. I didn't capitalize on it, but I remember what he said. So it, just, it rings true how consistent he he was with his, with his mindset and with his language. Yeah, he was, I mean, he he was ultimately consistent. Uh, That that was the thing about him is that consistency leads to performance. So let's switch gears a little bit on, uh, on your leadership, dude, because you have a, you have this, I remember you telling me this in the past um, when you were on, I forget which, what team it was when you were playing arena football, it might've been the team where you won the world championship, but there was something that you said and did when you had new quarterbacks come in, and I believe either new just players that would come in on the team, like what was that? Yep. What did you say? And what was that process from a leadership standpoint? So a lot of guys like to haze rookies as they come in, and that's that's part of that gladiator process that you know you have to go through to be a part of it. Um, as a quarterback, I didn't like taking part in that, in that I didn't want to be part of kind of that. Uh, 
that weeding out system. I wanted to be a guy that helped guys along because eventually they're going to have to turn to you as a leader. And if you were the guy who was the hard ass when they came in and, and being the jerk, they're never, you're never going to get that full respect. And so I would take all the rookies aside when they came in and I would explain, you are going to end up cutting yourself. I said, you know, you're coming from college where you were a big fish in a small pond and you're not that big fish anymore. Everybody at this level is the top player on their team. They were the best football player that their team had to offer. And so you're here with, you know, a hundred other versions of you. And what you have to do is what we just talked about is focus on that one at a time. You have to bring extreme focus into every practice. You have to make every single rep the best it can be. Some of you will get this message and some of you will understand that. And you will put that into play and you will make this team. The guys of you, the ones of, uh, of you players that don't get that, that don't understand that concept, that can't focus on that single play and make every play, you know, the ultimate focus point are the ones who are going to cut themselves. And you would literally see it happen every year and that guys would start to dick off or they'd get down or, you know, something would happen and they'd get off their game. And rather than being able to say that one's over next one, they, they'd kind of get caught up in that. And eventually those are the guys that would exit at camp. And then the other guys are the guys that would make the team. And so that, that one at a time philosophy every, every day, at practice, I would literally talk to the team about focus. It was great. One time I was out there and I was really kind of geeked up about it. We're on the playoff run and, you know, cussing at them about focus and coach Daly, Mike Daly, who was literally one of my favorite human beings that ever lived. He was our head coach and won a bunch of world championships uh, after ours, but ours was the first. And he comes up to me and says, Hey partner, that was great. But I think those boy scouts got a whole new vocabulary because we had a whole boy <laughs> scout group. Up in the stands, and I'm like, oh, shit. oh, sorry, that, you know, that <laughs> yeah. So hey, uh, great. I used to do that every every day, and get guys to focus on practice. That's a great thing, man. That's where you gotta shut it out and get out on the field, step between the lines, and make it happen. Now I'm gonna step out of the pocket real quick because all this talk in the pocket is great, but I want to know a few things more personal about you, Mike. Uh, yeah. getting older, you know, you played a lot of ball, probably beat up. You got to take care of your body. You feel inflammation when you eat too much sugar or drink too much beer. I'm sure just like me, <laughs> are you a plant-based guy or a, or a meat duck based guy? I'm a meat guy. I, uh, right. yeah, I, I am. I cannot be a plant-based guy. It doesn't work for me. Um, gotcha. I kind of search throughout diets and that does not work for me. My body needs the, the animal proteins. Uh, but I like to eat uh, wild game. And so it doesn't contain a lot of the stuff that we get from the store-bought stuff. It's not, you know, corn-fed. Uh, and so I eat as much of that as possible. I get, you know, I tend to get an elk and several deer every year. Uh, and we mm. kill wild pigs all the time out here in California. So all that stuff is completely natural, hormone-free, delicious, loaded with protein, uh, and and uh, makes me feel good. That's the way I like so to go. You're getting uh, your plant-based You're getting your plant-based diet from the animals that eat plants that you're eating well i eat plants too but i, have <laughs> well, I know but... <laughs> okay okay next one real quick so so you know we're, we're both uh former quarterbacks played a lot of ball got beat up quite a bit you know i know that as we get older you're limited to what you can do somewhat what's your sport or your game of choice you like to turn to now uh to get that you know competitive gene kicking again and to satisfy that urge to go out and 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 win, get victory somehow, some way. What do you like to do? 
Yeah, right. You've always got to have that victory to go back to that quarterback competition. Yes, um, sir. Had the athletic <laughs> events have left my life. Uh, I had a knee replacement three years ago. The arena league, you know, you get a bunch of guys diving over the top, and so the left knee took a beating. But then uh, in the XFL my last year, I had just a weird freak accident and got thrown headfirst into a pile and broke my neck. And so I'm going over to go have that taken care of in Switzerland uh, this spring. But what I do is I, I've hosted an outdoor TV show uh, for the last 20 years. And is that so, Gridiron Outdoors? Hosted, is that what it's called? That's, that's the one now. I've actually hosted three. So I had Familiar Waters which was just a world-class fly fishing show. Got to go fly fish all over the world uh, and fell in love with tarpon fishing, which if, if you don't know what tarpon are, look them up. They're the most awesome oh, yeah. fish in the world. My I literally son's a have a tattoo. <laughs> yeah, I have a tattoo of a tarpon on my left tricep because it's one of my spirit fish. And so oh, wow. they are awesome. <laughs> and they battle and they are rugged and they are tough and they will wear you out. And so that's part of it. And then with Gridiron Outdoors, uh, you know, we take current and former uh pro players, college coaches, and we, we go hunt uh, all over the world. And so I get, you know, I talked about the elk and the, all the wild game I get. I do it by getting out there in nature and kind of competing against nature to, to uh, harvest animals. And so I, I get it from that. I absolutely love it. it. It gets that intensity back up. It gets the adrenaline back up. Um, and I did, a, I did a lot of it with a bow for a long time. So you had to get oh. super close and personal. You're a real deal badass, man. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, we'll all be looking for food someday, and you'll just be like eating milk jerky and hanging out fat and content. You'll be like, damn, where's Mike's number? I need to call him and get some food. <laughs> That's right. I will not be looking for food. I can promise you that. Right on, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, hey, Mike, before we sign off here, how can uh, – how can people follow you on social media and learn more about Elite Athletes TV? Uh, so EliteAthletesTV.com is the website. Uh, we have a new YouTube channel. It's Elite Athletes TV, and that's just starting. The podcast, of course, Elite Athletes TV on, on the podcast. Uh, and then I'm at Pulaski uh, for most everything. And then Elite Athletes TV on uh, Facebook as well. Everything Elite Athletes TV. If you look us up, you'll find us there. Um, and there's some great insights. You know, we talk about competition with us. Dan O'Brien, who's a three-time world record holder, three-time world champion, Olympic gold medalist. You know, I talked about Michelle Granger, Holly McPeak. Uh, Brandy Chastain is our soccer coach, along with Jerry Smith, who has a national championship in soccer. So, And Hardy Nickerson is doing linebackers for us. I can't forget Hardy. But just oh, some man. phenomenal players. And our strength and conditioning coach is a former teammate of mine, but he's worked in the NFL, Major League Baseball, uh, and the NC2A. He is absolutely phenomenal with the science, but he's even better with the mentality. So we got some really good people. If you're looking to improve your game, that's the place to go. Well, awesome, awesome. man. Well, Mike, man, th thanks for your energy and your stories, man. This was a, uh, this was a treat, man. And we really appreciate uh, just sharing your, your mindset on this. Oh, it was a pleasure. And, and I get to get on with one of my heroes. I was a huge fan of Jake's back in college and then through his pro career. Uh, Bruce and I actually talked about you several times while you were younger, Jake. So I saw his <laughs> admiration for you. And that carried right over to me. And I just love the way you play. You're a baller. Hey, thank you, Mike. I appreciate that, man. And and thanks for being a guest on our show. I love what, like Grant just said, the energy you bring. I can understand now why you've had the success in life you've had, especially on the field, but now even off of it. So continued success in all you do. Uh, if you need me for anything, don't ever hesitate to ask, man. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate that, brother. Same thing to you. Anytime you need one of you guys. I love talking with you. I love talking about the psychology of sport because it's such a huge piece. So I appreciate you having me on and let me kind of 
get geeked up for the day.